This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today I'm probably going to sound a little bit different, a little bit under the weather. I've been having some sinus issues for a couple of weeks and I woke up with a pounding headache like I've never had before. And I mean, I literally mean that like I've never had before in my entire life. I thought my left eye was going to explode out of my head. So I decided I better get to the doctor and get on some uh, some medicine. So forgive me for um, sounding a little bit different. Uh, probably in, in today's podcast and the next podcast. <clears throat> because I try to record these uh, two at a time. If my voice will hold up. We'll see. But thank you for listening today and thank you for being patient and kind. Um, in Matthew 13, we're taking a look at the parables of Jesus and the ones that, in particular, that he was teaching to the crowds. <clears throat> and Matthew gives us a little peek into how he, how he taught the crowds while he was here walking on the earth. And he, he used these parables to help people to try to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like, or in other words, what accepting him into our lives and living for him is like because when we make jesus our lord and savior heaven will be our home for eternity praise god for that that's the hope that we have um, and the reason that i say the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> is living for jesus is because when john the baptizer came preaching in the wilderness his message was the kingdom of god is near and his job was to Pave the way for the Messiah, which is Jesus. And when Jesus came to be baptized by John, John sees Jesus coming and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And from that time on, the message from Jesus was, The kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. John was saying it is near. When he baptizes Jesus and it starts Jesus' ministry, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is here meaning it's here now because the kingdom of God started with Jesus walking on the earth and him being able to forgive people's sins. And listen to what Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, 15 through 23, when he was telling them that he's going to be leaving them soon. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate and helper who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. I'm talking about himself, Jesus is living with his disciples. But you know this comforter because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So Jesus is telling his disciples that when he leaves, they're going to have this comforter. And the comforter, the Holy Spirit, will be in them. But listen to what he says in verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to empower them with the Holy Spirit, just like he does us. He lives inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. <clears throat> and since I live, you also will live. And when I am raised to life again, <clears throat> you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Um, and so, while we wait... Uh, well, down in verse 23, he says, Jesus, 
is talking to his disciples. He says, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them. And we, my father and myself, we will come and make our home with each of them. So <clears throat> the kingdom of God has already come. It started with Jesus. We are awaiting the resurrection when we will all be in heaven someday with Jesus. Those of us who are washed in the blood of Christ. But when we're washed in the blood of Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives inside of us. The Father lives inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're told that in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 41. But we're waiting for the return of Christ to end this thing. And while we wait for that day to come, when we cross over into, into eternity, it's whether we Jesus comes back or we take our last breath on this earth and we pass over into eternity. While we wait for that day to come, Jesus makes his home inside of us, like I just said, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he changes everything about our lives from the inside out. And there's a great song. Uh, I can't remember who sings it off the top of my head. Uh, but the, the title of the song is From the Inside Out. And, and, and that's exactly what that song is talking about, how Jesus comes into our lives. And he changes our lives, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Because once you change the heart, and that's the whole problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees. He was he was trying to tell them they have a heart problem. And uh, uh, and, and they were condemning his disciples and condemning him. And, and, and this is the, the, most per, the, the, the only perfect man that's ever walked the face of the earth, the only perfect person. He never did anything wrong. He died for our sins. And he's the most compassionate, most graceful, most loving. And they were condemning him. And they thought that they were... Uh, like God's right hand man or something like uh, they just thought they were special to God and and Jesus saying no your hearts are all wrong and, and <clears throat> Jesus is saying you need me to change the way you are from the inside out like my disciples have chosen me and their lives have been totally changed and there's nothing like having Jesus living inside of our lives there, there's no high there's no buzz from alcohol, there's there's no other gratification of the flesh that can compare to what it's like serving Jesus. You know, people try to fill that void uh, with everything that they can, but only Jesus can fill that void that God has put into our hearts. And we, we, we try to fill that void with all this stuff. I mean, we buy stuff. We buy these things that kind of make us happy. But, but just like a child buys a new, you know, gets a new toy, they're happy with what? A few days, a week or two maybe, and then th that toy's put to the side and, and hardly ever played with again. Only Jesus can satisfy because the rest are counterfeits. He is the only real deal that will stay with us through thick and thin. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He is always with us. doesn't mean bad things won't happen in life, but when those bad things do happen in life and we're challenged by life, He is walking with us. Uh, but Jesus is the real deal. And so today we're going to look at a couple of parables. Uh, the first one is the parable of the hidden treasure. And the second one is the parable of the pearl. And in these two parables, something is found. It's discovered. And the thing found is it's very valuable. And in verse 44, uh, Matthew gives us uh, the first parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. That a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Now, I did a work study 
on the Greek word for found or discovered in this case, in the New Living Translation. And almost every time that it's used in other passages, the person is specifically looking for something. They're looking for something intentionally as if they know something is there. And so they're desperately searching for it. And when they discover it, they find it, they're very excited. For example, how many times have you lost your car keys? You know you had them at some point because you've been driving your car, but you 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 laid them down somewhere and you can't remember uh, wh- where you laid them down. You can't find them. So what do you do? You start searching frantically. Uh, you get your family members involved. Anybody that's over at your house, you help me find my keys. Today, it, it seems like it's the cell phone that gets lost. Uh, um, in my house, I have three kids and 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 uh uh. They're constantly losing their. Can you can you call my cell phone? I don't know how many times I've had to do that. And, and hopefully, you know, the cell phone is not on uh, 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 vibrate or on silence, um, so you can hear it ring because you hear the ring and you got to track down where the phone. Is. And most of the time, it's down in the couch cushion, right? It's done fell in between the cushions. But in this parable, it seems like somebody has heard that there's a buried treasure somewhere in this field and the person goes on a treasure hunt. You know, we, we hear stories like this all the time, especially if you're into metal detecting. Uh, you hear uh, you hear some story in the past of how someone or, or some people lived in a certain area and they had valuables that they had buried. Um, and so people grab their metal detectors and, and they start the hunt. Uh, and the, the, the person starts hunting for a treasure that they've heard about and they... They find that treasure, uh, or find some treasures, and in in their excitement, he reburies it, and and so no nobody else can know about it, right? Because he, he he found it, he reburies it, nobody knows about it. So he goes and he sells everything that he owns, so he could have enough money to purchase the field where he found the treasure. And then when he buys the field, now the treasure belongs to him. It is his. And, and, and what Jesus is saying in this parable is that he is the treasure. His message is going into the world. And at the time that he was giving this parable, people that lived in the surrounding areas, the nearby villages, was hearing about this man that works miracles, including casting out demons. He can raise the dead. Uh, he's raised Jairus, his 12-year-old daughter, from the dead. Uh, people are coming from miles around to just catch a glimpse of the one that they believe is the Messiah. And he's, this guy, he's, he's, there's nobody like him. He's bringing hope like they have never seen or heard before. And you know what? He still is in 2023. They have known the treasure exists because the Old Testament scriptures, which the Jews would be very familiar with, they, they, they have had these Old Testament scriptures that are full of Jesus' existence. The prophets talked about his coming. The Psalms are filled with his prophecies and the prophets, the minor and the major prophets are filled with over 300 prophecies of the Messiah in the Old Testament. And even King David, the most respected person in the Old Testament, I would say uh, as far as kings, uh, they even David talked about Jesus, the Messiah coming. Um, the people knew the jews knew that there was a treasure so they were searching intently diligently and hopefully like they were 
We are still searching for Jesus today. He is the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life and in my life. And, and I don't know how to express this enough, uh, but you will never understand what it's like to live for Jesus until you experience him for yourself. And it made me think of Psalm 34, verse 8, when I was typing these notes out. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And, and I added, once they discover him, their lives are changed forever, and they do whatever it is necessary to follow him. They, <clears throat> they bury that treasure, and they go sell everything they have. They give everything they've got to purchase that field and own that treasure. That's why Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, he tells the crowd, if anybody wants to follow me, if you want to follow me, you got to be. You must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You got to give up everything. I've got to be first in your life. And and I, I think of Paul. Uh, Paul, the, uh, or he was Saul, and and when he met Jesus, he changed his name to Paul and became the greatest missionary ever. Started all these churches, traveling all these Gentile places, preached to the Gentiles and the Jews giving them the opportunity to know Jesus and uh, to give their life to him. And this man, Paul, who was Saul at the time, was a Pharisee who thought he was doing God a favor when he was going literally, literally going from house to house and dragging men and women out of the house and, and dragging them off to, to prison where many of them would be killed. Um then he's on the road to Damascus to do the same thing. He's got letter, letters from uh, the chief priest giving him permission to do so, and he's on his way to Damascus to arrest more Christians, men and women, when Jesus shows up and his bright light knocks him off his horse and the men around him, and he has a conversation with Jesus. And after this conversation with Jesus, Jesus tells him, he says, you're going to be uh, an ambassador for me. You're going to go to the Gentiles, and you're going to, you're going to tell them about me. You're not going to persecute me anymore. You're going to you're you're going to be converted to me. You're going to live for me. You're going to put me first in your life, and you're going to go out here and you're going to tell these Gentiles about me and what I've done for them. And it was a complete 180 in Paul's life because from that point on he begins to serve the Lord and he told others about him literally giving his life for the cause of Christ. He knew about the treasure but now that he has found it, he gave all he had for it. His education, because he was very educated when it came to the Old Testament. He had power because he was in the high ranks of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were very rich and powerful. But he gave all that up. He, he said it, he, at one point in one of his letters, he calls it dung, which is garbage. It's trash. It, it, it's crap is what he's saying. I don't think anything about that stuff anymore. Because it's all about Jesus. He was transformed by God's grace and his mercy. And again, I can't express this enough, but until you experience Jesus for yourself, there are no words to describe the effect, the impact that he will have in your life. But as this parable says, when the person found the treasure, they sold everything they had to buy the field so they could own it. Because that treasure was everything to them. They were consumed by the treasure. And that is how it is when we find Jesus.
It's one thing to know about Jesus. It's one thing to hear about Jesus. But it's another thing to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, putting Him first in our lives and living for Him on a daily basis. And I promise you, once you make that decision, it is the absolute greatest decision you will ever make in your life. <clears throat> you remember the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler had heard about the treasure. He had heard about Jesus. He sees Jesus. Not only does he see Jesus, he comes running up to Jesus. And he's so excited. And he asks Jesus, he says, what do I have to do to, to inherit the eter eternal life? He asked the right question. He asked the right question. And, and he listened intently. He says, I want to own the treasure, Jesus. And so he te Jesus tells him what he's got to do. The commandments. He says, keep the commandments. He says, I've been keeping the commandments all my life. This is a piece of cake. I, I, I got this. I'm, I'm, walking, I'm walking with you. I'm, I'm going to heaven. This treasure is mine. And then Jesus looks at him and says, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad. The rich young ruler went away sad. He had come running up to Jesus. He's all excited. And he thinks he's in. He thinks he's got the treasure. And when Jesus hits him where it hurts, he walks away sad because the Bible says he was very rich. He owned a lot of stuff and he could not give it up. He was not willing to put Jesus first. He wasn't willing to sell all that he had to purchase the field. And many people that are listening to this podcast is just like this guy. Jesus demands our all. He wants to be the most important thing in our lives. We're not willing to give up that thing or those things that we hold dear to our hearts. We don't sell out and buy in. We don't sell out and purchase the field so we can own the treasure. And this is why Jesus said, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I mean, what's worth more than Jesus? Think about it. What is worth more than rejecting Jesus and missing out on heaven for eternity? There's absolutely nothing on this earth that is worth missing out on heaven. There is nothing that is worth saying no to Jesus and rejecting Jesus. But for many, something is. Something's worth more than Jesus because we don't bother looking for the treasure even though we hear about Jesus all the time, especially here in the South in the Bible Belt. To a lot of people, Jesus is just not that important to us. But for many, it's the greatest treasure ever found, greater than all the riches a person can have. And I, I'm going to say it again. You don't know until you experience Jesus for yourself there's nothing like it peace no matter what comes along in life you will have the greatest peace no fear because he takes care of all of that doesn't mean life's going to be easy life is hard life is difficult jesus's life was difficult people was trying to kill him for crying out loud and they did kill him he went through a horrible death when he was crucified and even beaten before he got to the cross. And yet, he's God's son. He wasn't spared. So what makes you think that we're going to be spared? We're not. But Jesus promises to walk with us through it all. Through the good times and the bads. 
the highs and the lows, the mountains and the valleys. But again, if you've never met Jesus Christ, if you've never given him, given him your life, made him your Lord and Savior, you don't understand. You don't understand. And I hope that you make that decision before it's too late. Speaking of ver- uh, va- not variable, but valuable treasures, speaking of valuable treasures, the second parable I want to cover is the parable of the pearl found in verses 45 and 46 where Matthew writes, again, the kingdom of heaven, talking about Jesus saying this, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Now, Jesus' audience would be familiar with both pearls and merchants. Uh, They had ports all around them where people would sell in with their goods and they would sell them on uh, in these places called agoras or <coughs> excuse me outside marketplaces kind of like our flea markets Jesus said that there was a merchant who dealt with pearls and since their business was selling pearls uh, so they could make some money and feed their family they're always on on the lookout they're searching for that one pearl that was what we call the mother load, the, the one that would hit the jackpot, if you will. And we would say that they're looking for a, a diamond in the rough. <coughs> Excuse me. It was one that would make them rich. It was everything that they had been looking for. And usually when you know when we find this thing that we've been looking for for a long time, whatever our pearl is, we usually end up keeping it because why? We've looked so hard for the thing. It was hard to find. And once we find it, it's so precious to us, it's hard to give it up. My daughter and I, when we go to the beach, especially Myrtle Beach, uh, it seems like there's more there than anywhere we've, uh, any other beach that we've been to. Um, uh, But we like to look for shark's shark's teeth. Uh, And when we... uh, when we go to Myrtle Beach and we're digging through the uh, through the uh, ground, the sand there, and we're finding all these shark teeth, and we have these competitions to see who can find the most shark teeth, and we have a competition to to see who can find the coolest looking shark uh, tooth, and we found some some really cool shark teeth, and we found hundreds and hundreds of shark shark teeth over the years, um, and we've been doing this. I mean. She's 15 now, and we've been in it since she's about, I don't know, six or seven. And so we found a lot of shark teeth, but the one shark tooth we have not found that we would love to find, and, we, and just a story came across this week where a little girl found a big, huge megalodon tooth. And they, they say these sharks are as, was as big or long as a school bus that these, these megalodon teeth would go in. It would it would be so cool to find one, um, and so th- that that's kind of like uh, the pearl for us. It, it it's uh, uh, you know we're, we're searching for the megalodon tooth, but all we keep finding are these uh, you know I, I don't know tiger shark teeth, and I don't remember what what uh, the shark teeth that we we find where what shark they come out of, um, but they're still cool. But hopefully one day you know we're going to hit the jackpot and we're going to find that megalodon tooth um it would it would just be so special to us i don't care if i find it or she was to find it but it would be so special to to both of us just to find one and and, you know and like i said some some people have found one 
But just because we haven't found one doesn't mean that we're going to give up the search because every time we go to the beach, a new search begins. And I, I can't imagine what, what we would do you know, if one of us was to find one, but I, I, I know it would be one of the greatest things that we could experience as, as a, a father and a daughter together because these megalodon teeth, they're, they're, they're very rare. And so <clears throat> as I end this podcast, I want to ask you a question. And that question is this, what are you searching for? What is that one thing that keeps you up at night because you can't get it off your mind? What's that one thing that you constantly think about throughout your day as you're at work or, or whatever you're doing through the day, but you can't get that one thing off your mind? That, you know, that one thing that you want so bad that you said you would do anything to have that one thing? Um... If you answer that question with any other thing than Jesus, that is what he is saying that, hey, you need to let go of that. You need to give it up because you're putting that one thing before me. And that is called an idol. Uh, And idols are not a good thing when it comes to the kingdom of God and serving Jesus. We're not supposed to have idols. Jesus is supposed to be first. Anything that we put before Jesus becomes an idol even our children we have to be really careful with that that's another lesson on another podcast but jesus who is the kingdom of heaven the messiah the lord and savior he wants to be first in our lives and there is nothing more valuable than him but again until you experience jesus for yourself you're not going to understand that no matter what i say or no matter how i try to describe living for Jesus. You may have heard some things about him. You may have been to a church service or two. You may go to church all the time. But if you have never walked with Jesus on a daily basis and have a relationship with him, you will not get it. He is the treasure. He is the pearl. And he is worth giving up everything we have to follow him. So are you willing to let go of whatever it is that's keeping you from committing to Jesus? Going all in. As in these parables, you will discover that he is well worth it. And it will be the greatest decision you will ever make. I pray that you make that decision to follow Jesus today. God bless you. Keep searching. But keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.